gather round, fam. This is season two of the ND Fem podcast, and I am Dr. Kristen Scatliff. This is not scripted or rehearsed. We are transparent, honest, and vulnerable. We listen, we care. We are MD Fem. You are now listening to Season 2, Episode 3 of the MD Femme Podcast, The First 100 Days, Political Healing, Part 2. We picked the conversation up where we left it off, talking about mass incarceration, the moral decay of racism, and what we expect this administration to do about it. You have multiple states. Yep. Multiple states are legalizing marijuana and other drugs now. Okay? Right? Okay? Yep. And what does that mean for those that are in prison for the same thing that you're legalizing? States are about to collect tax on, including Jersey, on marijuana sales and so forth. But you have people sitting in jail and in prison for selling small portions, right? They're not even like full distributors, small portions of marijuana. And my thing is they were doing that to feed their families. Now you as a state are about to make a buku money off of this. How is that okay? And the only one thing I want from their administration, if it's one thing, free all those people you sent to jail for marijuana. Because why? Our elected mm-hmm. vice president brag about smoking marijuana. Joe Biden is now in favor of people using recreational marijuana. 1994 up to 2020. If anyone had a non-violent criminal record and it was just selling marijuana or smoking marijuana, free them. They can vote. Clear that record wipe it out and and That's key thing, thing about what you I said would. key thing was but what you just said they can vote give them they, back their rights yeah. the 13th uh, amendment yeah give them back their rights clear Absolutely. that record they can get job without saying you know some of these kids they're too young and before they were 18 they already have criminal record you and i know we can't go to medical school with exactly. criminal record exactly we can't go to residency with criminal record so you can have no chance this is the problem. That's the problem with mass incarceration. Zero though. chance. That's the problem with mass incarceration. It's not just that yeah. you, you you took away their 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 younger years by putting them in jail. You take away their future years with the thirteenth amendment. You're, You're done. done. You're done. I had a speeding ticket in two thousand and uh, two thousand and seven. Wait, wait, Chris. Don't tell like, the business. Applying <laughs> for fellowship. Can you explain how this speeding ticket happened? I have to call my lawyer to escort that case to wipe it off my record. Now a kid who is not in my shoe, don't have that ability, don't know someone to wipe out that record for speeding ticket. So for him, he might not have gotten the opportunity. Either. That is one of the first questions they ask you in any, any board, right? Yeah. Any board of medicine. Yeah. Have you been convicted of a felony? Yeah. Have you gone to jail for any reason? Blah, blah, blah. All of your opportunities are cut off. So yeah. that's why I'm like, if you're about to make money, off of marijuana and other substances, there's no moral reason these people should remain in prison. That's and that should be a federal mandate. That marijuana, I don't advocate for smoking marijuana. I don't advocate for using any illegal substance, but marijuana is a natural plant. You know, I'm we not at MGFM do not endorse um, <laughs> marijuana use. Thank you. I just want to put that out there for a disclaimer. We are not. <laughs> we are not. But you should not be 
destroying lives and life, you know, livelihood for for that. That's a non-violent crime. So, okay, so I agree. You can say something. This is what I want to see from the administration. I want them to set up a panel, a community, a committee, or something that there's there's smart people in this country. They're really smart people, academics and all. And I want them to take a look at laws that have been placed and are still in existence or maybe are not so active that have targeted a certain group of people in the in in an unforeseen way because I I accept that a lot of I accept that a lot of these laws some of them were deliberate they knew what was going to happen some of them they didn't know what was going to happen I want a I want a, a committee of people who are going to look at these laws and come up with ways to sort of reverse them on almost a, a judicial reparations of sort. You, you know? cannot have judicial reparations without the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court right <laughs> now. Two on my list. You have, you have three sitting judges. Is that correct? Three sitting judges was appointed by the last president. Is that not correct? Correct. How, so, 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 so one court, of the things, one of the things I said I wanted to see was I wanted them to put, put forward another seat for the Supreme Court to balance things. So I'm where saying, does it start, Christine? I I'm think just, that's no, a no, 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 no. What was supposed to happen when Ruth died? Okay, what was supposed to happen? Be honest. End of the election. But so, so this is, what? so I am, I, so when, when the election was happening, I <laughs> know this about me, I am a nerd and I like to read. So when the election was about to happen, what did I do? I went back to the constitution. I read every single amendment and part of the constitution that talked about the electoral college, how did we decide, all of those kinds of things. And in that, because I, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is one of my people, like she's yes. somebody I looked up to, um, and I was very upset that they had the Senate hearings um, that, that looked into uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Um, but to me, when I was researching all of that, I saw in the past, I think there was even up to 14 Supreme Court justices or 11 Supreme Court justices, and we've wheedled it down. So, so that's, that's, that's bigger than the Supreme Court, I think that's even more important than the Supreme Court is getting more people at the federal and state level in those courts that support, because we don't need it to get to the Supreme Court. We need it to get to the state attorney general's office to the state Supreme Courts, if we put in the right people and the judges there, because if you look at how many people McConnell has gotten through at mm. that point, mm. that's But who are the right people? That's the question we have to ask. We want judges that will not sit there to legislate, but to go by the letter of the law. Who makes the law? Congress. So Congress, if you don't like the law, change it. So that's not gonna happen. Because if, if Congress write the law, they have to follow the law. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Whether you're appointed by Trump or you're appointed by Obama, if the law is written, you should follow the law. Your job is not to tell me, this is how I feel, this is how I think the law should be written. So wait, you don't think, wait a second, you don't think that who a judge is and their moral compass doesn't factor in to their decisions? Do you have some levy there in terms of your judicial power, number one, okay? And you have precedents. Okay, yeah. let's talk about this. Let's talk about this honestly. So when you have somebody whose record is showing you who they are, 
okay? This is how they go on the, on the compass, okay? They always go left or they always go right, okay? That individual is not going to be for, for certain people. Let's just be 100. It shouldn't be that way. This, so so I think what Vish is saying is on the state level, even before we get to Supreme Court, you need to have people in place that are going, that basically are going to mirror the community that they're serving, number one. Number two is going to be diverse, inclusive, and fair. You have a lot of judges that are in place that are... Nope. Yep. And nope. those are also this like... Arms. Those are cool. also lifetime appointments. It's not just the Supreme exactly. Court. Exactly. Those are lifetime appointments. Correct. Asking for is to interpret the law the way Congress wrote it, not the way I feel today. I understand we are all human. We see the world through different prisms. Wait, wait, right? wait, what is Ike saying? What is Ike saying? Let's I, I was going to say, I wish we lived in this utopia Chris is describing, but we don't. We really don't. Like one of the things on my list that I want the Democrats to do is really to pack the courts. Because that's fine. Republican will get a house. They'll pack the court again. Where Democrats, does that stop, my friend? It Democrats, does not. It, it solves well, no problem. Well, see, it, there is nothing in the Constitution that forbid you from doing that. Yeah. I also like to read, and I read for some reason. I, I like politics, and I follow it. There is yeah. nothing forbid you from doing exactly what you're advocating. Oh, I, yeah. And the problem. There is nothing. Problem, there is nothing in the Constitution that forbid you. It is your right. Democrats play fair and they assume, you know, you know, Democrats like to live in a utopia like, oh, okay, if it's nine, there's going to be nine always. And um, they will wait for when we're ready to appoint a new judge. And Republicans use that to their advantage. And, you know, look, you know, look how they played Obama when he wanted to appoint uh, Mayor. Um, Carolyn. Yeah. And look at what they did when it was time to appoint uh, this, uh, I forget her name now. But they don't play fair. So I think Democrats now should stand up and just, because it's it's like Republicans think it's a bluff. Like no one's ever going to do that. No one's ever going to pack the No, no, you should do that. You think it's right. I think they should actually do it just because. I actually wanted to do that. <laughs> Not because I think it's a good idea, because I think it's a slippery slope. Uh, whoever gets there are more judges to, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go about the political issue, whether, you know, who appointed someone to replace, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, the outcome roof. Uh, it's, not gonna, it's not going to look nice, but it's, it's. Almost so you change, you change the rules of the game just because you don't like the outcome. But that's, that's what basically happens. what you're advocating. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait that. a second. Wait a second, Chris. You acting like that's not what just. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly. No, that's exactly what happened. 19, so in this situation, there was 19 presidents or 19 times that this exact things happened. Where uh, in the last, I don't, I don't know the time frame, how long close to election, but in the last year of the presidential term, a open seat left open, or you know, someone a Supreme Court seat became open. All 19 times, the sitting president appointed someone. Do you know how many times that person was confirmed? When the House and the, the when the Senate and the presidency were in different hands, do you? I remember reading this, but I'm forgetting off, off the top of my head. I know it was very very oh. small. There was four times. Yeah. In the history of this country. I want so you. So I'm not saying it's right. Wait a second. I want you to be completely honest. Okay. Look at 
the legacy, and I'm not going to say the record, the legacy of RBG, and then compare her to the person that they replaced her with. Mic drop and we're done. We're moving on to immigration. Okay? I'm, not here, I'm not here to legislate on people's morality. But the well. legacy was created when she was Supreme Court. RBG has no. not done anything no. yet. It no. started to her being on the Supreme Court. It started way, 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 way before, from- way before. Well, that's all. Okay, okay. We only well, got a few minutes left here. Let's we need go to, to immigration. move on to immigration. We need to move and, on to uh, immigration. We're going to talk about the 545 children that are separated from their families. We're going to talk about the DACA Act and the DREAM. So anybody have that on their list? I do have that on my list. So, so for me with immigration, I think it's more access to care and getting, getting, getting all of those families reunited. I have no idea how the heck they're going to go about doing that. Um, but to me, you know, to see the president of the American Academy of Pediatrics go down to the border early on when those children were being separated and not being allowed to go in to see those children was just horrific. You know, all of the doctors that were trying to send supplies down there and provide medical care that weren't allowed to enter those detention facilities was was abominable. It was, it, it, I think that is a stain on American society that can never be washed away, just like how the internment camps in World War II of the Japanese. This is mm. another scene on our on our canvas. Um, and I don't I don't know what the answers are, but I think the first thing needs to be, you know, reuniting those those families and getting them the medical attention that they need. The other piece was is in Atlanta having that physician that was performing hysterectomies on women you didn't hear about this oh tell, was, tell me tell me there was i think whole, that was i think that was in alabama or someplace was it alabama? he's in jail was, no. yeah he's in jail for life but he was sterilizing women i that were detained <sighs> to me that was i literally was outraged that day you know how can we let that happen this is are we in nazi germany listen Listen, I, my thing about this is that I do not know how we're going to, you know, the whole point of this is what we're coming up with plans, right? I don't know how we're going to reunite these children. I have absolutely no idea where you even start. Okay. 545 kids are separated from their families and no one really knows where to begin. He has appointed some type of, I guess, committee or force per what I read in the New York times and so forth, but I don't even know where they're going to start. I think number one, stop building this wall, shut it down. It's cost too much money. It's not effective. Next point, okay? I think stop building the wall. That's my list, okay? And then my second thing was make DACA permanent and provide a pathway to citizenship. I mean, like, what is, what is the problem? You know, enough, isn't this the land of the free? That's got to go through Congress and then the Senate. And is- exactly. And um, that's all I'm going to say. So, so <laughs> I mean, I, I thought about this issue. We are all... I am immigrant, uh, so are most of you on this podcast or listening or so forth. Um, I have a different approach. Okay. Okay. We all go to bed every night. We don't leave our front door open. We don't even, we locked it. We don't just close it. We locked it. When, when we have stuff that we value, our most, what is the thing that I value the most? Besides my wife. And my speaker that my sister Christine gave me, I don't have anything else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> those things, I value those things the most. So I, I protect those things. America, American, we all value America. 
everybody looked to America besides now, maybe people might say, oh, America, I don't want to go, but everybody wants to come to America because I have aunts who live in France for 40 years. She's not even a citizen. I've been living in this country for less than, you know, 20 years. Look what I have accomplished. So I, I understand America yeah, has it down for us. Examples again, but continue. No, no, but America has it down for us, but a lot of people wants to come to America. People are, okay. so by saying, hold on, hold on, I, I'll let you, let me finish. <laughs> immigration, student line. We all came here, our immigrant, we stood in line, we pay our duties, we did the right, you know, whatever it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, today we are what we are, we got the paper that we, we received. Children being separated at the border. It's horrible. There is no way around it. Whether you're a Republican, you're a Democrat, you're independent, you're whatever, it's horrible. It shouldn't be done. With that being said, when you break the law in America, they're not sending you to jail with your children. If they catch you smoking marijuana or selling marijuana, you have it, you know, maybe you're selling marijuana trying to feed your two-year-old daughter, they're not sending you to jail with that kid. They're sending you to jail and they're leaving that kid on the street or putting in some foster care home that doesn't care about them. Where is the outcry about those family who are sent to jail, but that kids left on the streets? I'm not saying it's okay for you to separate people at the border, but these people broke the law and you can't pull family, you can't put a kid with adults. So that's what the law was written. Now, I think it's a terrible law at the border, especially. I think Congress need to change that law. They have to say if the person come to the border illegally, you apprehend them with that family together until that case can be denied, those families stick together. That should be the law that is written. That's not the law that is written currently. I want you to follow the law. That's, not, that's my point on the separation. Until then, this case, how are they gonna get reunited? I don't know. None of her here know. None of her have the answers. I have read, like some of you, some places, some of these family, other places refusing to accept these kids. Like, for example, if you're in Guatemala and your kid made it to the border and they're trying to renounce you, you say no. And who blame them? The kids will have better future here than the world in their own country. Maybe that's what the family taught or, or thinking. So I don't know how that's going to be solved, but I think it's on Congress to rewrite the law. Again, write the law the way Congress wanted. The judge cannot do anything in the law. On DACA. As for DACA. Okay, wait, before you go to DACA, I'm gonna let Ike talk. Ike, what was your, your rebuttal to what he was saying? He was citing his examples. I just thought he was citing two, two extreme examples, which doesn't always, is not always reflective of most people. But um, I think with this immigration thing, again, it comes down to law enforcement and the application of it, right? They, certain people want to indiscriminately use force just to deter other people. The, 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 the issue of it is that there's human lives in between, right? You have to act in a humane way because a reflect, uh, the, the way you treat the least of your people is the reflection of your society, right? Now, like with the issue of immigration, I, like we're all immigrants, but no one wants this country to be overrun by people who, who aren't supposed to be here. I'm never advocating for that. But that is the fear tactic that 
certain malicious people use to oppress people. Because, you know, in this whole, in this whole picture of immigrants, there are people who are decent people who could make a better life for themselves. There are people who are genuinely running away from oppression in their country. Exactly. There are people who are trying to take advantage of those people running away and come here and do bad things. Let's find a way to, it's not going to be perfect, but we cannot label all of them criminals and treat them like criminals. Let's tailor our approach to law enforcement. And that, you know, that's the thing. I, I'm, I, I'm not saying open the border and let anyone come in, but let's, let's do things in a humane way, you know? And that's all. It's Congress. Joe but Biden I, can't do that. I think it's again, Congress. I think again, it's, it's words matter. I think that that's kind of the, the thread that we've kind of talked about over the course of the last hour and a half or so. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, about, it's about the word. So again, it's, you know, initially masks were called face coverings. That has a connotation that talks about civil liberties. Then we were talking about lockdown. That has a connotation. That is civil liberties again. Now you're talking about others in racism. Mm -hmm that has a connotation. You're not like me, you're like them. When it comes to immigration, again, it's about their evil trying to take over, again, it's, it's words. And the Republican Party is very, very good words to their advantage. And mm -hmm. Democrats are very, are very eloquent and, and vivacious and use the wrong words. They don't use those simple words that the common man understands. Listen, it's a, the triggers. You need the trigger statements. The trigger statements. And I think that's what truly matters. I am a first generation American. My dad came to this country. I think it was, I think he told me the day after Nixon, President Nixon resigned and he came here for his master's degree. Good timing, good timing. <laughs> so for me, you know, being a first generation American and having seen my parents being becoming naturalized citizens and how hard it was for them to do that and for my cousins to do that and for you all to do that. I understand, I think I understand it a little bit better than my, my next door neighbor who has been here for 10 generations, you know? And, and to me, it's, it's again, it's just about the words. And I think we've got to use those words in the right way. And then we'll be able to get ahead with this. So exactly. So I think we need to clarify, first and foremost, the narrative and the facts from the myths. Let's start yeah. there. Okay. Because this whole thing about immigrants equal criminals is nonsense. Let's just. That's nonsense. I mean, we're all. absolute nonsense. Here. Exactly. That's absolute nonsense. Okay. And, and with regards to DACA, you know, for those of you who don't, who are listening to the podcast and don't know exactly what that is, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. It was a U.S. immigration policy that was put in place and was basically allowing some individuals who had came in here unlawfully after being brought into the country as children to receive a renewable two-year period of deferred action from deportation and then eventually would be able to work here in the U.S. That was then extended and then they proposed the DREAM Act and in 20, I believe it was 2014, Obama tried to expand DACA. And of course that didn't go through. And then here comes Trump, and Trump tries to shut it all the way down, try to phase DACA out completely. And then in June 2020, NAACP landed a huge landmark case where they prevented his administration from rescinding DACA. And um, basically now we're in this limbo place. 
and mm-hmm. currently they don't have a pathway to citizenship that's like clarified. So let's be. So I think I think it's Congress that needs again. I'm coming back to Congress. The pre- the presidency <laughs> in America, unlike my two, you know, country, mother and father country, where the president has like president said jump, you say how high. In America, you know that, that's not how it works. Um, and you know, I'm not. I'm trying to be fair here by looking. Everybody has responsibility. Congress has responsibility. Mm-hmm. They have to sit down and work that issue. Not everybody's going to get what they want or what they need for that constituent, but they have to do what's best for the country. And Congress is the one that's going to change the law. No executive order because Trump can do all the executive order. Biden can't be do all the executive order. Uh, who is going to be in 2024? I get Kenya will come and do his executive order and then Little Wayne, whoever going to win, you know. But executive order is not going to fix anything. All these guys need to put our big boys' pants on. I agree with everything all of you said, but the only thing that's going to fix this, because DACA wasn't a U.S. policy per se. It wasn't a law that was written, mm-hmm. right? It was like one president gave his executive order and then go to mm-hmm. the Supreme Court and Supreme Court said, no, it's going to stand. And that's it the problem. Not. Exactly. It was never really a law. It was never really it wasn't fleshed out. Fleshed out. So it's easier in America for everyone listening. I don't say you should do it. But it's easier in America to live illegally than it is to live legally. Okay, MBFM does so not much... endorse that. Just want to put that out there. No, we do not. But the 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 the, the, the process is so convoluted, so mm-hmm. I want to say corrupt to a sense. It's so hard to do the right thing. Do you know in the naturalization process? I don't know if any of you can speak to this. I just read this the other day. Okay, apparently during the Trump administration, they it used to be like you have to get six questions right. Now it's 12 questions right on the civics exam and they've made it this convoluted thing for, for the naturalization process. It's like, it's like they keep adding more hoops for you to jump through as if the process is not already. Kids who came here, who came here without their own accord by family, what DACA let in, I think they should have path to citizenship and Congress need to ensure that happens. We should not wait for one president to do this. They have to work together and fix this. Because immigration is a big topic. An immigrant, we, we contribute so much to this America. America is a, is, a, you know, is a country of immigrants. And Congress need to work together to fix it. I think that should be agenda one. And so that's my thing too. It is, as you said, it's a country of immigrants. That's how it started out. The only people who were native to this land were Native Americans. Let's just keep it 100, okay? Yeah. So when, when the <clears throat> colonizers, that's what we refer to them as. Let's talk about the immigrants are this and the immigrants are that. Um, I'm sorry, where is your bloodline from? It's not from this soil. You came here at one point. You were welcomed. There was a whole process, right? A lot of you came through Ellis Island and this, that, and other, and so forth, and you can see your names written there. Why are we treating these people this way? It's not right. It's not right. There should be a pathway to citizenship. We're going to move on because we need to wrap up. The last topic we're going to deal with is climate change climate change. <laughs> I like the I like the eye there. <laughs> I'm just gonna because I, I personally think that this if this is going to be, I don't know how they're gonna first of all, my big, big problem in the US, right, is that it's never even you have the Congress, let's say the Congress is Republican, the Senate is Democratic, and the president is 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 Democratic, right? It's always gonna be a head mm-hmm. No one can come and say, 
let's bipartisan, let's make a bipartisan movement and get some forward movement on this topic. No, if the Democrats say they want rice, the Republicans say, no, noodles. It's insane. It's never, they can never come together and say, let's move in a forward direction. That's why we're in a lot of the situations that we're in. So um, just a little backstory for those that don't know. Um, there was the Paris Accord, the Paris Climate Agreement, right? Where they wanted to drop the temperature by two degrees Celsius, right? Um, I think the, the time frame is something like 2050 or so forth with the emissions going down. And of course, our, our current president pulls out of the Paris Agreement. Right. And he's like, he's going, he's, he's like, no more war, war on coal, no more war on coal. And then basically the current track that we're on by 20, I think that the, the, by 2050 will actually be 4.1 to 4.8 degrees Celsius more than we're supposed to be mm-hmm. based on the emissions that we're making right now. So does anybody have anything to say about climate change? What do you think should be done? Should we join? Should we join back with the Paris climate agreement? Yeah, I think so. No. I, so. Here's the thing is, with, with, for me, is the bar has been set so low by the last president, so any little thing will be an improvement on that. <laughs> um, climate change, I hear about it all the time. I'll be the first to admit that I'm not as versed in it as most people are, but I know the gist. I know the basics. I know that the science behind it is very strong. And I know that first, can we define what climate change actually is? Because maybe maybe we might be talking about different things. So no, no, we're talking about we're talking discussion. about we're talking. So we're talking about climate change. We're talking about moving our our society to carbon neutral. Right. So right now, carbon emissions are contributing to greenhouse gases, which is pushing the temperatures up. Right. And we have damage to the ozone. And basically, we're, we're going to, speeding towards the train where we're going to have a, a major crash in, in basically the way that our, our current weather and climate systems work, right? That's why we're seeing more hurricanes. We're seeing more storms, Honduras so forth. Apply to that. Yeah, okay. Well, let, let's assume everything you say is 100% accurate. What, oh, here we do go. You now, what do you guys now propose will dip? you know, deter this earth that's going to burn, that's going to melt. What do you guys... It's not about, it's not about stop. So first of all, you're not going to be able to stop it completely. Let's just be realistic. My proposal is about reducing your carbon emissions and going carbon neutral by a reasonable time. China has committed to becoming carbon neutral by 2050. They did as well. Yeah, the EU (laughs) has committed to becoming carbon neutral by 2050. Like Do what? you know the, the Paris Accord that was signed when China and India, the number one polluter in the world, do you know when they were going to join that accord? Do, no, you, when, do anyone they, here know? No, when were they going to join the accord? So United States and most of Europe, Western Europe, except to already join starting when it was signed. Yes. China was not going to even start initiating the process until 2025. Yeah. India, yeah, is later. Way later, India way later than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if we are going to sign it, uh, wait, wait. Let me finish. I, you can, you can get on that. Uh, let me finish. <laughs> China is not a developing country. We all know that. Where the PPE come from? Everything is made in China. Pick up anything right now that you're using on your desk. It said made in China. Okay. So if we are if we are serious about, we think we can do something humanly possible to degrees the temperature of the earth, which I don't think we can, 
But let's say we, we could. Um, I'm not saying I don't believe that there is changes. There will always be changes. There will be evolution. But everybody has to start together because we'll, you will be disadvantaged. It all comes down to the economy. We can't, we can't let China and India say, oh, you, India say, let me think about it. China, the number one polluter, said, you know what, go 25 years before I join onto this. If we are going to do this and we think it's a good thing to do, we all have to do this. No one have to, like, crack out. United States cannot be disadvantaged. I agree with you, but I don't think the solution is pulling out. It's like, that's like throwing your prams out of the... I agree. Maybe the solution is not pulling out. The solution is definitely not pulling out. Let's just be real, okay? I think that I think that the problem here is that you have to 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 be honest about why he pulled out. It was because of the oil and the gas industry. Who lobbyists. Exactly, the lobbyists, okay? His pack. Let's be 100%. Republicans are pro oil, pro gas, pro coal. Let's be 100%. So that is and the I'm, reason that they pulled out of that position. How many of us here are driving Tesla? I wish one, I, I told you, I told you what I was driving, Susu. Driving any, uh, I told you I was driving, using... Susu. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just okay. rubbing it in. <laughs> <laughs> so, I understand, like, oil guys, you know, it's not just Republican or Democrats, okay? I don't think that's how it should be categorized. I think the economy is so intertwined in that particular product. And uh, Joe, you know, Joe said that he's going to end subsidies to this organization or these companies. I wish he does. Not because I think it's a good idea. I think for me, I support, I support leader based on what they say and what they do. I want you to do what you say you will do. This is, this he is, said he will end it. Well, wear your big butt pants. Don't listen to the lobbyists. Don't listen to anyone and do it. So this is, this is my understanding of it, right? My understanding is that the, the trend in which we are going is unsustainable. And the experts are saying, we can do little things, step by step, small by small, to mitigate some of these terrible things. And most leaders, some leaders are saying, okay, this is hard. We're very dependent on oil. And some of us are more dependent on coal than others. But we are willing to try. It's like quitting cigarettes. It's like we're willing to try to go step by step and go along with you to see if we can help. Just when- chew the gum, Susu, right. just chew the gum. But then some people <laughs> are coming, again, some malicious actors are coming and blowing the argument right out of the water and saying, oh my God, they want us to give this and that up. This is not real. So it's like a very simple argument that could be easily understood is now twisted into something is not. This is how I understand it. Yeah. I don't think anything they're asking from us is that drastic that, you know, it's just baby steps. Let's do this and then try this and then do this and slowly wean ourselves off of these toxic things. Ike, you have to use common sense as well. All of these things, we can't just follow, oh, this person said climate change sounds like a big word. Yeah, yeah, climate change. Most people don't even know what you're talking about. Natural gas is one of the cleanest things we have. Most of our public buses are using, in Nevada, all the public transportation are using natural gas. If you say you're going to end subsidies for these things, what are we going to, Obama tried the windpipe situation in California. Are you telling me all the wildfire that's happening 
is just because I'm not saying uh, climate change is not playing a role and the, 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 you know, the temperature is not rising, but people need to be smart about it. How about forest management? How about planting vegetation, more trees instead of cutting trees down? Again, these instead are instead of building big cities. These are the these are the these are things that are already yeah. being done. Do we have to sign a or to do this or like some? But I think I think the big picture though again is the countries that are being affected by climate change and the people that are going to be affected by climate change are once again the people that can't do anything about it. Exactly. So you've, got, you've got your countries that when the water level rises, you're going to have people that die. You've so, got your asthmatics in India. In India, they actually had a couple of days in New Delhi where you couldn't even see in front of yourself because of the pollution. So you weren't allowed to drive your car on certain days. Everybody was wearing masks prior to COVID-19, mm -hmm. even wearing a mask in Delhi because you couldn't breathe. Um, and that is a problem, you know? So, so it's not climate change when they use that word again again it's about words that word existential threat yeah mm -hmm. a big word that again lay people don't understand but right. if you tell them new orleans is going to be underwater you know or you well, tell them well let's just even talk about hurricanes look at the hurricane season right for the last five to ten years I'm, 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 I was raised in the Caribbean. I don't know if any of you have ever been in a category five, but it will change your life. <laughs> it will change your life. I mean, it is something to see your roof pull off and, you know, and, and neighbors, you know, it's, 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 you can't put it into words and they're getting like back to back to back to back hurricanes. Okay. Do you think that's by chance? No, that's because the temperatures are rising, right? You have more dust coming. No of the continent and you have more heat in that water, guess what? You're gonna get bigger storms and more and more and more happening more frequently. Look at Nicaragua just got hit with a category five iota. Okay, devastated. They weren't prepared for that. Yeah. I think they, I don't get back to back hurricanes this, mm. this month. What, what did you say? Honduras is getting back to yes. back hurricanes. So I, 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 think, I think these are the, there where people start arguing, and we are all professionals. Are, you know, there's, there, when you start tying specific events with climate change, you have to give me the proof. Like you have to give me the scientific evidence to tie it. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm not saying it's not a possibility. But when you're making a causation, Instead of association, are, are you serious? If you're right making now? a direct causation, there is science. There is science behind what I just explained. We're but talking about also there is a science no. We're talking about that. the increased temperature of this planet has warmed the waters. Okay, it's this is how a hurricane works. In case you didn't know, okay, it comes off of the continent initially as a depression, and when it hits warm water, okay, it gets it's a low pressure system, and all it needs is the right current and the right temperature. If you haven't looked, I've been alive for how many years? I'm not going to say my age, but the sizes of these storms in the last 10 years has doubled. Okay, the so category you, level think, has gone up significantly. You barely saw a category five when you were living in the you think Now you have it back to back to back every year. You want you the science? Something, do you think there is something? I don't think the causation is as clear as you think it is. I like, I'm not saying it's not there. I don't think it's as clear as you think it is. I think there is an association, but to make a direct link causation, I think that's a stretch. Again. And the second thing is, do you think there is something we can do humanly 
possible to reduce the 10 hurricane, the 20 hurricane, the, the fire. Again. I personally don't think there is something you and I or the whole world can do to change that. Nature is nature. We have to, you know, like, I'm not saying we shouldn't do our part. I'm not saying we should pollute this, the water. This, wait, 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 wait. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there because I'm not going to allow propaganda on this platform. Number one, okay, there is something we can do, okay? That's why these heads of state and so forth are asking us to reduce our emissions. And it's not just about the car you drive. It's also talking about the, the, the power that we use every day. Your PSE&G and so forth companies switching to clean power instead of using the regular basis is going to have a big impact. That's why they wanted them to join the accord. Now, whether you agree with it or not, that's your choice, no problem. However, there are things that we can do. That is, that is, don't, don't put that narrative out here. Dr. V just talked about India being polluted. You can't see yet. They were the one who, even though they, they agreed to the accord, say, we'll think about when we're joined. This is a place that produces a lot of power. Wait, wait, I'll let, I'll let Vish answer that because. But, but at the end of the day, they did do something at that moment in time to fix it. So yes, they can't make those big sweeping changes because I will say that India is still a developing country. So we're only 50, 50 uh, 1947, I can't do math in my head. Um, yeah. But, but um, that makes me American. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definition. <laughs> but at the same time, at least at that point, they said, listen, if you've got license plates that end in even numbers you are driving on these day, and if you've got license plates and odd numbers you were driving on this day. So that way they could at least have mitigated it at that level. Believe me, I think India, I completely agree with you, Chris, that I think all of those, those countries should have started the agreement at the same time and everybody's at the starting lineup at the same time. You know, But at the same time, it's some of these countries cannot do that. Do I think a country like India could? Probably, you know? But can some of the other countries out of the 170 so odd countries, I think that are in that accord, I think there's only four or five that are not in that accord, um, mm -hmm. you know, can't do what even India could do or what the United States can do. So not everybody is on a level playing field. Um, but I agree with you. I think everybody should have started at the same time. Again, again, I think, I think what is being asked of us in this is just baby steps. And the message is so convoluted it's it's whether you believe it or not it's like fine if you don't believe it fine let's just take these baby steps to see exactly let's just see if it causes can. a change exactly yeah, not, we're not we're not asking people to drastically change their lives you know this is it's just saying if we continue without implementing some of these changes things will get really bad things will get really bad and i'm with christian i don't think the amount of hurricanes we're seeing is just simply coincidence. I, I, I'm with you, so, so the, the, the earth evolves, things happen. You cannot tell me we have not contributed to that. You no, I'm not saying that. that. I'm just yeah, saying right. the, the direct causation. Uh, causation nope. the, this is a very the direct causation, I don't see that. I don't see the direct causation. I'm not saying there is no association. Forget, forget about causation. causation. Forget about causation. Forget about exactly. You're missing it. It's irrelevant. This You're is a very it. simple equation. Right now, we are doing too much on the earth. And people are telling us we could do a little less than too much and still be okay and still be doing something good at the same time. 
So, so let me give you a doctor analogy, right? If you have a person who's, who's got a BMI of 40 in front of you, you're not telling them to stop eating everything. You're yeah. telling them, you know what? You need to stop, start looking at what you're eating and pick one vice at a time and work on that. That's yeah. what we're asking people to do with climate change. And that patient doesn't need to believe that burgers contribute to obesity. Don't hey. believe it. Just, exactly. Thank you. Just, just cut back. A little so bit. So what are we what are we proposing or what are we expecting from I guess that where the conversation should and go. That's what what I, and that's what I said. What I said is I expect this administration to number one, rejoin the Paris Accord. You are a superpower. Okay. We're not we don't we don't follow, we lead. You because say you're the US. The we don't follow, we yeah. lead. We join the accord, set the precedent, do something, show people the way. Since you say you're a superpower, let's go. Okay, it's not undoable. And then you have all of, I mean, like you have too many opportunities in this place to, you, you have companies like Tesla. You have all these clean energy and clean power companies coming out now. Use them, use the solar panels, re reduce your emissions. It's not undoable. Yeah, well, you've got countries okay. like, companies like Amazon that are saying that they are going to reduce their footprint. Exactly, you, you so already have I don't people think committing. We I don't think we need legislation. Like you said, we have, there's the, you know, this. It's not about legislation. It's about Biden committing as our POTUS to come back into the accord. He has to undo what was done. That's simple and fat. Does anybody have any final statements they want to leave the listeners? Anything, anything, Susu? Oh, <laughs> uh, I would like to say America, we are all one, right? At the end of the day, we should not allow politics to divide us. We might have different opinions. We might have different philosophy of life. By the end of the day, we are one. You know, it's okay to disagree. You, just because you disagree with me, should not mean I'm racist, I'm sexy, I'm xenophobic, I'm this, I'm that. It's okay. At the end of the day, we are, we are one, we are friends. You know, Christy is my big sister. We disagree <laughs> on politics 100%. All the time. Ike is, one, Ike is my best friend. He came to visit me in Las Vegas. We spent two hours disagreeing <laughs> on politics. <laughs> him on Facebook, or black him on Instagram. At the end of the, he voted for someone that I don't think I'll ever vote for. My wife voted against me, okay? I still love her. So at the end of the day, we are all one. Politics is politics, but we have to do our little part to help our community. I think that's the message we need to get from, you know, and I really appreciate you putting this together. I think this should be a model of America. People should see this and say, yes, we can disagree on the little thing. By the end of the day, I think there is climate change. I think we need to do something about it. Maybe I might not, you know, I might argue, I might argue the technicality, but at the end of the day, we are American. We need to find solutions together. So that's all I can say. Great, thank you. Ike, anything you want to leave us with? Um, I mean, I wish we lived in that kind of utopia, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would like, I'll tell you, man, this election scared me. It scared me in that I was confident Joe Biden was going to win, right? I was very confident he was going to win. But on election day, when I started seeing the numbers that were voting for Trump, I was like, my goodness, this is bad. Like, and I know this sounds like I'm so in division, but I understand everyone has their point of views and everything, but the fact that 70 million people are okay with 
that form of management is scary, man. It, it scares me. It, it's really scary. Like, I'm not saying Trump should have no supporters. Yes, he should. But he's such an extreme guy that if 70 million people are okay with that, mm. ooh, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I hate to end it on such a... No, 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 no. It's being real. It's being real. I, I mean, I had, the same, I had the same reaction. I was like, this is a reflection of the society that we're... Like, I have the same in. reaction of 76 million people voting for a guy that is against every single belief I have. <laughs> so it's the same thing, right? But at it's the end of the day, belief. no, no, this is this is really, at really the, not about belief. At the end of I the respect, day, we all we I all res- American. I respect. That's that's you know, another thing. I want to say this: this is not about beliefs. I respect everyone's belief, and I expect and I respect differences. It's just this is such a huge job and a huge undertaking, and we have someone who is very, very much objectively incompetent for that position. Trump is probably good for a lot of things, but being president is not one of them. And, you know, 70 million people... I think as a winner, you have to extend your olive branch to other people. I don't think that helped the united front that... The <laughs> Leave him alone. He's allowed to say what he wants <laughs> to say. I know, you can grieve, We're but gonna move. people listening to this. It's okay to grieve, but you know, seventy million—that's a lot of people. You that's, know, that's, that's my surprise. Like, I want us to be all. Don't united. be surprised. I want this us is America. To, I want us to be all united. But when you look at those numbers, like the bridge is so far. It's it's so far apart. You know what I'm saying? There's there's very little middle ground between Biden and Trump. So, like, in, in as much as I want all of us to be one and you know, love, peace, and harmony. That divide is so big, and it's scary. That's all I'm going to start with you, Ike. It start with you bridging that. I'll do my best. Okay, Vish, we're going to move on to you. What is what are some of your final thoughts to leave for listeners? So for me, um, when I was doing my master's degree in public health, I was in D.C., and that was the year of the Bush Gore election. Oh. So I remember being in D.C. during that. That was considered a crazy political climate. We were told there were microphones on streetlights that were recording you because GW's on Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, so it's not too far from the White House. So we were told people are watching, people are listening, be careful what you say, the FBI is gonna show up at your door. And we thought that was crazy. <laughs> Fast forward 20 years yeah. <laughs> to this election. And um, I grew up in a family where when the president gave the State of the Union address every single year, I feel like ever since I was at least 10 years old, you stayed up and you watched what your president was going to say to you. You didn't understand it, but you watched that State of the Union address every single year. And having, again, being an American and going back to India and seeing my family that's there, having to defend the president mm. um, or the office of the presidency became very difficult because, like Ike said, it he was, I felt that he was beneath it. So do I respect the office of the presidency to the nth degree? Because I completely agree that as Americans, we have to present a united front and we have to stand behind our leader. But it was very difficult for a lot of Americans to stand behind President Trump because of his rhetoric, because of his bombacity. Um, And it was, it was really hard. And I think my hope for the next four years is a reinstatement of the respect of that office. 
um, first and foremost, because like Kristen said, the United States, we are a superpower. We mm -hmm. need to lead by example. And if at the helm, we don't have somebody who is respected or respectable, we cannot do that. Mm -hmm. And for me, what I was thankful for is I think we can finally respect the person that sits at that resolute desk. Again, you might not agree with his policy, but you can at least, at least respect that man. And, and I think that's what's lacking in politics. You know, I respected John Boehner. I didn't agree with any of his politics. One of my favorite politicians is John McCain. Do I agree with him? Probably not. In a, you know, but you respect the man that holds that office. And then if you respect that office, you can make change and you're willing to cross those lines. So I can't wait to finally have somebody again sitting at that resolute desk that I can respect again. And I have no trouble standing up for. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for that. I want, I don't believe in a utopia, okay? I believe in reality. I'm a black woman in America. I know what I'm facing every day, okay? And what I want to see from the presidency is someone that stands up for the least of us. Someone who is representing individuals from every corner, from every race, from every ethnicity, from every socioeconomic group. Someone who understands what it is to be the POTUS basically. And like you said, Vish, someone that can re rebuild the bridges that were, were burnt between, you know, different countries. You know, we need to get that, that respect that when you walk into a NATO conference or whatever, people say, this is the president of the United States. This is the leader of the superpower, not, oh my God, what's he going to say today? You know? So I'm, I'm very hopeful about what's going to happen. You know, I know that there will be disappointment because people make a lot of promises during election and they're not able to hold up all of them. And some of that is because, you know, we have three branches of government. Um, so you're working against the whole machine. The second thing I want to say is that I really want Americans, and I find this a lot, I want regular everyday Americans to understand the system. That's why I wanted to do this episode. I wanted people to understand the politics and the issues and what's going on and to really become more involved in the process. A lot of people came out to vote this time and that was great. And we really appreciate it. And MD Fem was right there in the front pushing for you to vote, vote, vote. But I also want you to go and vote for your local elections, for your sheriff, for, for those people that are dealing with to your community. That's where real change, that grassroots, that level really happens. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. I thank you guys for being on here with me. I feel very privileged. It's all love, even though we come sides of the aisle. And um, thank you for listening. And that's MD Femme.